All right, it may in fact be time for us to put on our helmets of cautious optimism, lower and square our shoulders and plow headlong into the future because it has not been a particularly great week for the hard left, for the Democrats. They've lost just about every Supreme Court ruling. Justice Kennedy is resigning, and he was kind of lefty on some issues, in particular abortion, thus allowing, of course, President Trump to bungee in his second SCOTUS pick after Gorsuch. We have the end of compulsory union Jews, and a faint cry of hallelujah goes up from those who support the First Amendment. The U.S. Supreme Court handed down its decision just today, ruling 5-4, that public sector unions can't anymore compel non-members to pay dues, because, of course... Forced association is a violation of freedom of association, and it violates their First Amendment rules. This is huge for free speech and for workers' choice and workers' rights. So naturally, of course, the mainstream media is saying that it's the worst thing since ever, because now it's it's a blow against unions. It's a blow against workers' rights. It's like, no, it just means that you can't have your money forcibly conscripted to go into hard left causes. Just think of the public sector unions as a giant tsunamis of cash that wash away the village called classical liberalism and pretty much, it seems, the Constitution on a regular basis. So all of the sound and fury in the streets and people chasing down Republicans and White House workers and chasing them out of restaurants and yelling and screaming at them, nasty and horrible. And meanwhile, there is a kind of slow replacement of the judiciary which takes away the judicial activism to some degree and will alter the trajectory of the American judiciary for at least a generation. So it's a quiet victory, but a very significant one. And so here's something interesting too. It's been about 40 years that the unions, public sector unions, have been allowed to force non-members to pay for basically their political activism and be a blood sluice that funnels vampirically extracted money to far-left causes Now, turns out it was kind of immoral, perhaps unconstitutional, a nasty mistake all around. And since the far left has swollen itself, like Mr. Creosote, on the endless wafer-thin money extracted from union members, oh, well, non-union members, and if the extraction of that money and transfer of it to the left is immoral, unconstitutional, wrong, bad, nasty, you name it, well, what does that tell you about the far left who have fed on such ugly money for decades? Well, It is really quite a powerful pushback. We also have some projected economic growth in the 4.5% range, which is significant and fairly enormous, which means, of course, that a lot is going right under President Trump. Now, I've been critical, uh, as one should be in any healthy relationship. I was not a big fan of bombing Syria. The only thing that I can say, of course, is that if it had been any other president, including any other Republican, we pretty much, or America would pretty much already be in a ground war in Syria. So it looks like they may even be saying goodbye to the rather unstable allies that the U.S. has picked in the war against Bashar al-Assad. So could be winding down. Who knows? A war in America, in the Middle East, might actually come to an end, which means, I guess, basically the end times are here because not many people saw that coming two years ago. So America is uh, looking pretty good these days. It's looking like it's just beginning this slow turnaround from the collectivist monstrosity of the past couple of decades of the Democrat-Republican oligarchy, the bichromatic rainbow descent into hell that has characterized mainstream politics prior to Trump. So naturally, since America is doing well, those who want America to fail are doing badly, and they are escalating the violence, and they're escalating their rhetoric. And you have Maxine Waters out there screaming into a microphone in what looks like a the parking lot of a gas station uh, screaming about driving Trump supporters and and Trump workers and people who work at the White House out of public life and making them run. And and it's 
to me, a complete incitement to riot and an incitement to political violence, which, of course, has been enacted uh, or people have now been sending out threats and all that kind of stuff. Whether she's going to be charged, well, it seems quite unlikely, but, uh, well, Laura Luma is charging her, so there's something about that because she says that she was assaulted by Maxine Waters, but let's see how that goes. So this escalation, this moving from angry words to flying fists and other stuff, well, this is causing a lot of unrest in the land. So according to a recent poll, 59% of all voters are concerned that those opposed to President Trump's policies will resort to violence, with 33% who are very concerned. 31%, almost a third of likely U.S. voters say it's likely that the United States will experience a second civil war sometime in the next five years, with 11% who say it's very likely now. It's not a civil war, you see, if you don't fight back. It's not a conflict, in a way, if you don't fight back. So the fact that non-leftists are gathering together and pushing back against the creeping communization and collectivist takeover of the West, or at least in America in this instance, means that the conflict, of course, will be blamed upon those who fight back. People want to take you over stealth-wise through judicial activism, through unfunded liabilities, through lax immigration policies, or lax immigration or non-immigration enforcement. So they're slowly taking you over. But the moment you fight back, you apparently, according to the narrative, this is how it's going to play out, of course, you will be responsible for for all of the violence that results when you push back against people who are trying to take you over through the power of the state and unfunded liabilities. So the fact that people are hearing the drumbeats of war is not too shocking or surprising. The left, of course, is going to continue to expand and it's going to continue to push against the remaining liberties in the West. And those who push back and fight back are going to be blamed for all of the violence. But what is the alternative? The alternative is a mere surrender. Hopefully all of this change can be achieved peacefully but there are lots of people out there who think that isn't going to happen. And that's a very, very important thing to track. Now, what I wanted to mention here is that there is a lot of good news here, of course, right? And again, cautious optimism time is important. Now, for those who wanted to push back against collectivism, for those who wanted to push back against political correctness, for those who wanted to gain some control over the borders of the United States, and who were also opposed to one candidate Donald J. Trump, and in fact, the president Donald J. Trump, I think it's time to take a deep breath. It is time, my friends, to take a deep breath, to look at the facts, to look at the data, and to say, I was wrong. See, you can say it after me. Don't be the fonts, right? I was wrong. You were wrong. You were wrong. We've got two SCOTUS picks going in. That's huge. Economic growth, we've got uh, food stamp usage uh, at, at very low levels, we've got unemployment. I know that there's people not in the workforce and so on, still heading in the right direction. There are trade deals that are going through that are quite good and quite an improvement. Jobs are coming back and he is striving mightily to attempt to get some sort of control over immigration. It is, I guess, a victory that there was the upholding of his travel ban, still erroneously called a Muslim ban by idiots and sophists, even though 92% of the Muslim population in the world is completely unaffected by the ban. And Venezuela, not known as a Muslim hotbed, is included in the ban. But nonetheless, uh, there are some controls attempting to be exercised over who gets into America. And 
he has just been upheld as far as that goes. The Russian narrative, uh, the Russian collusion, paranoia, there are reds uh, in my jam. This is beginning to fall apart. We're going to see what happens with the secret testimony of Peter Strzok this week. But there are some very, very positive signs. And, you know, no new wars is always a good day to wake up with and a possible wind down of one in Syria. So some really positive stuff. This, of course, would never have occurred if Hillary Clinton had gotten into power. I mean, look at that weaponized FBI, how horrifyingly corrupt it became under Obama and under Hillary as Secretary of State, how weaponized it became. I mean, the IRS got weaponized, although it has been to to a large degree uh, hitherto. The FBI got weaponized. The DOJ got weaponized. Now imagine if Hillary had all that power to go after her enemies, to reward her friends and punish her foes. Can you imagine what the world would be like? And to imagine how much she would have pushed for war against Russia because Russia is nationalistic and Christian and the internationalist collectivists, anti-Christians, can't have any of that standing now, can they? So what a nightmare that would have been. And I can't imagine any other Republican candidate being able to beat Hillary because the other Republican candidates wouldn't have made the stands on immigration and against the Iraq war that Trump did that electrified his base. So if you were against Trump, I mean, yeah, we all make mistakes. I've had to retract. I've had to correct. It it happens. Of course, every time you stake your reputation on making a particular prediction, you are rolling the dice, uh, hopefully weighted dice based upon wisdom and experience. But if you said never Trump or you were against Trump, come on, you know, man to man, man to woman, you understand you were wrong now. You're ready. You're ready to admit it. Just say it with me. It's It's really people will respect you. You have no idea that when you're wrong and you say, hey, man, I made a terrible mistake. I fought against something that turned out to be enormously positive and the alternative would have been absolutely disastrous. So, you know, called it wrong. It happens. You know, sometimes you just you just snake eyes in your predictions. But it is time. Come on. It is time now to wake up uh, to smell the orange tan lotion and to say, hey, come on made a mistake. Things are going pretty well. Two SCOTUS picks, a somewhat reform of the judiciary, better economic growth, potential end to the war. Like, come on, that's good enough. You can't be so hostile to reason and evidence that you're willing to throw all of that away in an attempt to regain your reputation or to maintain your reputation that is looking more and more ridiculous every single day. Just rip off the band-aid, say you were wrong, join the realms and the ranks of the rational and the empirical, and in fact save a reputation that right now is being continually carved up like a turkey dinner by your denial of reason and evidence. So yeah, I was wrong. It's really not so bad when you get used to it, and that way you can rejoin those of us who were right. Thank you very much.